This is the Love and Sex Unfiltered Podcast. Hosted by licensed marriage and family therapist and certified Gottman Method couples therapist, Sonia Jensen. Let's dive into the unfiltered side of what it takes to create communication, intimacy, and chemistry, not just in relationships with a partner, but the relationship you have with you. Here's your host, Sonia Jensen. Welcome to another episode of the Love and Sex Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Jensen, and Miss Ophelia is joining us again. We're going to be talking about sexual expectations. That sounds like the SNL thing. Have you have you seen? I think it's called Lowered Expectations on SNL. Okay, okay. Saturday Night Live. Anyways, and I thought you were going to say dick in a box. So <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Usually, it's like a surprise. It is. So it's a surprise that just keeps on giving. A podcast with Sonia is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> I feel like I'm really into the movie thing. She really is. This is what happens when I'm tired. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. I identify as tired. You identify as tired? (laughs) I do. I'm living for that. Take us away, Ophelia. Tell us what we're going to be talking about in the realm of sexual expectations. Obviously, one of us needs to lead, and it is going to be me. So, Where's my coffee, woman? I offered you some. <laughs> you you did. didn't want it. So I think this is a really important topic because I'm at year 16 almost in my marriage, and I've been with my husband for over 20 years. At the beginning of the relationship, obviously, it was a sex all the time, everywhere, all about the sex. And now at year almost 16, the expectation has changed because Mm -hmm. three kids later and um, having definitely a child later on in life. So having a seven-year-old now, I'm 43, you know, the expectations have changed. And so I want to know from you and from being in a practice, like, What does that look like from day to day? So, I mean, I know he wants more sex than I am giving him, but I am definitely a quality over quantity type sexual person. And so what do you do when the expectation of how sex should be in the relationship is not being met? Oh, this is such a tricky topic to dissect because a lot of couples will will ask me, what's the average amount of times you should be having sex? Like a week, right? And we know from like just diagnosing sexual dysfunction is that it's less than 12 times a year when in a committed relationship. Now, I think that is outdated because it doesn't fit at all with the vast ways that people explore and express their sexuality now. And considering that some people are either solo sexual or they, um, you know, don't want sex as much. Let's talk about the word normal, right? That's subjective, right? It's, again, the issue is when one partner wants something different than the other partner. That would be considered where you have some issues that you need to work through as a couple, right? And what are you allowing in your relationship so that you're not the only person meeting your partner's sexual needs? Okay, I'm, I'm going to share a personal story. How about this? Please do. Okay, I'm going to share a personal story. So, you know, growing up with the background that you sex is for marriage and porn is the most awful thing on the planet. I, I was pregnant with my son, Gavin. So we had been married like, I don't know, four months. I got pregnant four months into our marriage. And so I'm, I'm this walking big pregnant woman. 
And I found out that my husband looked at porn. Oh, my God. Were you upset? Oh, I, I think I had like a literal meltdown for days. Days. We went to the church about it. Like, we called the pastors. I made him get mentorship. Like, I went and joined a women's small group. I mean, it was like looking back at it now, it's kind of comical. But I just was like shattered. And my husband at the time, like, had to have sex every day. And I'm this good little Christian girl that does what she should. But I don't really, I mean, sex is great, but I wasn't, like, super into it to have it every Every day. Every day. It was like having coffee or taking a shower. It was, like, a part of the routine. (laughs) I was like, um, I don't know if I can sustain this. Like, I can't have sex as much as I brush my teeth. Um, (laughs) So I was like, you can't look at porn. You can only have sex with me, and I don't want to have sex with you every day. So, like, is that fair to him? And at the time, I don't think it was fair to him. I think that was, you know, a lot of cultural pressure from the church on me to be everything for him. And it was not recognizing that his needs can be different than mine. And and so as we've grown and evolved, now I don't care. I'm like, okay, like, listen, if I'm not into it, like, you know what to do. (laughs) Bye. Go take care of yourself. Right. But um, so every couple has to strategize this. And I'm not saying that you have to incorporate porn into your relationship. Like you are, your relationship needs to be something that you and your partner are both in agreement with that you talk it through and you figure out the best balance for you and what you explore. And this is often why I think, you know, as in the Sexual Health Alliance, where which is where I received my certification in sex therapy, we explore a lot about open relationships and why people utilize those. And it's oftentimes because you can't be everything for your partner. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying go open your relationship either. Again, going back to you've got to decide what works best for your relationship. And please don't open your relationship without getting the right support uh, first. I I usually see couples that have opened their relationship to try to fix the problem of sexual desire discrepancy, and then it's a mess. So get get some help first uh, before you do that. But I do think, you know, as I've grown and as I've evolved, I've had to really learn about myself and learn about my partner. And we've had to discuss together what's going to work for our relationship, because I have to know that he can't be everything for me and I can't be everything for him all the time. And what is healthy sex is relative to what is agreed upon in your relationship with your partner and healthy sexual expectations. And that's going to ebb and flow, like you were saying, depending on what's going on in your Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I think over time, you don't always know what your sexual desires are and they're going to change. Oh, for sure. And And as your body changes. And that's where I am. I mean, my libido is nowhere near what it used to be. And so... I wanted to have sex all the time in my 20s and 30s. And now at 43, I don't want to have sex all the time. And so, but I don't want my partner to feel left out. And so sometimes he has to work a little bit harder. So I'm like, you know, I want to have sex with you. It might take a little bit longer. So I'm sorry. Work out that tongue, honey. (laughs) Poor thing. So he's exhausted afterwards. He doesn't need a cigarette. He needs a nap. He needs an ice bag. (laughs) Poor man. Love you, babe. So, But I mean, like I said, I'm a quality over quantity. And Mm -hmm. so I think at this point in our marriage, sometimes we struggle with, should it be twice a week? 
Should I try to get in that extra day? Should I try to get in that extra three times? But for me, if it is two or three times, it's not quality. And I'm looking for a quality connecting type moment because in this space, I need to feel connected to you. I just don't need you to bang the headboard and that's all I need. Right. (laughs) Well, so one, you've got to first decide what sex means to you and what it is in your relationship now, not what it was 15 years ago, not even what it was maybe last week. Sex for me, when I define it, and I really had to work through this going through the the certification processes, sex for me is all about pleasure. And I think you can experience pleasure sexually in many different ways that doesn't always require orgasm and it doesn't always require penetration for it to be a pleasurable connecting experience. I think you need to talk about that because when we first got married, he's like, you're not having an orgasm. And I had to like look him in the eye and right. say to him, I am not going to have an orgasm every right. single time. No. Please take that expectation away. Right. Like I know right. in porn, women do, and Sex in the City was big when we right. got together. Love and, that show. You know, love that show too. I am Definitely not Kim Cattrall. Anyway, so... (laughs) I'm Carrie, and I really hope she stays with Mr. Big. Although I really like Aiden, too. Anyways, I I like you a lot. Okay, sorry. So, but he always thought, like, you're supposed to have an orgasm. I'm like, well, it's not always going to happen. And so I am here for the pleasure and being connected to you. And so it took a while for him to embrace that. Obviously, he embraces it now. He's absolutely exhausted. (laughs) He's like, I can't do it for 15 minutes. Right? Or 30, you know, whatever. But I mean, it was an expectation at the beginning. And so it's not now. And so we have to constantly evaluate like, what is the expectation of sex for me? And now him is to be Connected. It is not about one of us having an orgasm at the very end. I mean, I think if you make one or both of you having an orgasm the end goal or the goal at all of having sex, like you're going to end up feeling really disappointed and frustrated because your body changes. And an orgasm is a wonderful feeling, but there's a lot of people that experience women um, that experience inorgasmia where they cannot have an orgasm, but they can still feel pleasure, you know, during sex. And so, but as your body's changed, you might need to bring in toys or vibrators and different things like that. Because like you were saying, your body doesn't respond sexually like it used to. I I think you also have to think about sexually relevant stimuli. We all have to get aroused. Like I don't get aroused after like hanging out with the kids all day and cleaning the toilets. Like you don't? I know it's this crazy. Oh. I wish I wish I got super stimulated by that. Um, that would be awesome. But you again, this takes self exploration. Like maybe it is reading uh, what I call literature books that really have like go into a romantic type setting or a relationship and and you feel engaged and connected with that story. Sometimes that turns women on and makes them want to engage, you know? Um, Sometimes you um, can be watching a show and you can feel like you get turned on. Bridgerton. Oh, God, I love that show. (laughs) Regé Jean Page. Hello. Please say his Um, name right. We'll go there later. Did I do it wrong again? It's Regé Jean Page. Okay. Well, okay. 
Listen, I can't say that right every time, but I love oh, you. Oh, I can. I'm going to tag him in this podcast so that maybe he'll listen <laughs> to it. Please do. And then he'll come meet me and he'll come on this show. And then we'll be on a different <laughs> podcast of why you shouldn't cheat on your spouse. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious. Okay. So, anyways, re- sexually relevant stimuli. And that can be different for anybody. Like, people can get turned on in the craziest ways or what you think is crazy, but your body's like, hey. Right. Um, So you need to have that incorporated. Start to learn what turns you on because it's not going to be washing the dishes and scrubbing the toilet. And changing it up. Like always laying down in the bed. Like that gets old very, very quickly. It does. Some people people like that. And some people like that. But I think changing up something in that bed routine, maybe he's always laying down on the bed. Maybe you need to lay down. Listen, I don't got that much time to do that much work. Wow. (laughs) We will have that in a different podcast. We can have that in a different podcast, right. But I think change is good. Not every single time. It doesn't have to be different, but trying something different, Yes, you know, in order to engage in your erogenous zones, which is something we already talked about right and one of the things i think we do need to address is orgasm shaming yes okay i actually had a client bring up that word to me and i was like that is fascinating especially dating in this day and age right now and having sex with different partners right like there is a lot of orgasm shaming like did you have an orgasm or that took a really long time girl know your body if it takes 15 minutes it takes 15 minutes like you don't need to orgasm shame yourself if it takes a little bit longer it takes a little bit longer and that's where your voice comes into play um sex should be about being mutually pleasurable if it's not mutually pleasurable then you probably need to talk to your partner we we need to talk about this it should not be one side now sometimes again typical tuesday sex sometimes like get her done but like if you're like really being considerate of your partner and learning them and making pleasure accessible to them and not shaming them for their bodies taking the time it needs to get to that that enhanced state of arousal. I like and that. I think it's really important. I like that a lot. So do you think bringing in toys, changing up your typical Tuesday sex will help change up the expectation that you have in your mind, either as a male or female partner. Oh, for sure. I mean, again, it it goes back to the couple and sex is a form of communication. If you two are struggling to just communicate verbally about certain things, you're probably going to find it a struggle to communicate about your needs and wants in the bedroom. So learning really good communication tools, doing self-exploration for what turns you on, the things that you need in order for your body to get in that state of arousal and not shaming yourself for the fact that it might take longer for your body to respond. And a lot of times I I get the sense that one partner will struggle with the use of toys because they feel like, are am I not enough to help stimulate you? And you know, sometimes it's just a matter of the way the body works. I mean, I don't know about tongue and fingers, but sometimes they can't work as fast as a vibrator, right? And like get that sexual pleasurable experience. So leaving it open to learn yourself, your partner, and to be open about what's going to work in your relationship. So we want to hear from you on Instagram. Let us know what kind of pleasure tools you and your partner use to stimulate your sexual needs. Yes, be creative. We are so excited to keep the conversation going. There you have it. If this episode hit home for you, take a second to share it with a friend, screenshot it and share it on Instagram or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 
If you want to learn more tips and stay connected with Sonia, follow her on Instagram at the Sonia Jensen. And if you want to find more information, you can check out her website at www.sonyajensen.com. Until next time, remember, stay real, stay unfiltered, and dig deep.